Good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Jar. My name's Chris, and we're so glad that you uh, chose to hang out with us. Everyone in the balcony, everyone on the stream, everyone down here as well. Um, in your program, uh, you should have received another little card uh, that looks like this. If you could pull that out real quick. It just says, Mood uh, Daily Story Videos. And what we want to do is to help you continue to grow in this series. And the way we're going to do that is by sending you uh, a text each day with a link that you can watch one of uh, the videos. And um, it's only two or three minutes long, so it's not real long. But if we have your phone number, we're going to send you a text. Just click on that link. And this week, as we talk about anger, all of the scriptures will deal with that. And we'll have someone in the church just share for two or three minutes a story of how they overcame anger. Anger. Now, next, uh, or tomorrow, actually, Josie Kuntz, who got in, engaged, who's our media communications director. Uh, so uh, we're excited about that. Uh, so she is not single anymore, boys. She's off, okay? And uh, so she got engaged, and we're excited for that. And tomorrow, she's going to be doing our daily story. And uh, she makes me look better by filtering me so that I don't have gray hair on the stream. So if you don't watch her video tomorrow, she'll know you're ghosting her, and I'll have more gray hair next week, okay? So if you love your pastor people, uh, go ahead and uh, watch the daily video tomorrow. I think it'll help you grow as well. Uh, a year after we had started the church, something happened that was not what I was planning, but the church actually dwindled from 25 people to 8 people. And I felt like a failure. I felt like I looked like a failure. And one particular day, I was hurting so bad because of feeling like a failure that it turned into anger and then it turned into rage. And it all came out on one day. It was Valentine's Day. And we actually were having our first Valentine's Day um, couples gathering. There were only four couples, eight of us all together. And we were getting ready, my wife Jennifer and I, when all of a sudden she said something. I can't remember now what it was even. But she said something. I got so angry that I ran into the bathroom and I pulled the shower curtain down and I punched my fist into the wall and I'd lost it. And I looked at her in my anger and you could see the fear on her face. I looked down at my hand, it immediately started to swell up and I was thinking, what are we going to do now? And Jen, being the loving, worst, loving woman that she is, she went ahead and said, we're going to the Valentine's Day dinner, and I forgive you, and we'll deal with this later. And so I go to the dinner I don't want anyone else to see because I'm ashamed of what anger had done in my life. And I put my hand underneath the table for the entire meal for no one to see. And then after we were done, we went to the hospital where some of you know my wife's a physician and she had to go through the shame of having her husband's hand x-rayed knowing that they knew that I had punched a wall because of what it looked like. And it was in the midst of all of that, I just felt like such a failure because I'd allowed my anger to consume me. My anger had controlled me. My anger had 
come to a point where I couldn't control it anymore. And I wondered to myself, how could a true man of God, a pastor at that, have an attitude like that? Well, I went ahead and I got some Christian counseling. I actually went to some anger management classes. And finally, by the age of 32, I had actually overcome the cancer of anger, unrighteous anger that had consumed me. And healing had taken place in my life, and I was at a very different place. Again, Jen forgave me. We moved on. And I'll never forget, though, how when anger is out of control, when it's an unrighteous anger, it can lead us down paths that can create much damage. I just wonder today, where you're at right now, what are you angry about? Is there something in your world right now that you're angry about? Now, for me, it doesn't mean that you don't get angry. I've gotten angry at Jim since then, okay? I haven't punched a wall uh, since then. But I've gotten angry since then. But I've gotten convicted by a scripture that simply says this. In your anger, do not, what's it say? Sin. In your anger... Do not sin. We're all going to get angry. We're all going to have moments where we lose it. But in our anger, do not let it lead you to sin. And the scripture goes on to say this. In your anger, do not sin. And then it says, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. In other words, don't let your head hit the pillow being mad or angry at someone else. Now, this scripture is directed towards married couples, but it's not just married couples. It's any relationship that you have in your life. Do not go to bed angry at anyone else. You deal with it in the healthiest way. But why? Well, look what it goes on to say. If you go to bed angry at someone, this is what will happen. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not let the devil have a what? What's it say? A foothold. Now, this word... Uh, foothold in the Greek is an interesting word. Uh, the Bible in the New Testament is written in uh, Greek, and it basically means room. In other words, don't give the devil a guest room in your house. Don't even allow there to be a, a little bit of a crack to where he can get himself in, because that's what happens when anger consumes us. So this morning, again, I want to ask you, what are you angry at? Have you recently gone to bed angry at your spouse or a child? What are the things in your life that you get angry about and the devil is getting a foothold right now, is consuming where you're at? What is it that is consuming you because of your anger? You know, the reality is we're all going to get angry, but the hope is, is that in our anger, you do not sin. You don't do what I did and you lose it in your anger. Do not sin. So today, what I want us to look at is how Jesus handled his anger because he did get angry, but in his anger, he did not sin. 
Now to do this, we're going to look at a passage in Matthew chapter 21. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. Matthew was one of Jesus' disciples. And uh, before we get to the story, what you need to understand is that um, this is a season of Passover that Jesus is leading up to. In other words, every good Jew is going to Jerusalem. There would be close to 250,000 that would be present there. And the reality is, though, Jesus knows that in five days, less than a week, he is going to die. He is going to have all the sins of the world placed upon him, and he will be separated from his father for the first time since the beginning of all. And so, as you think about that, I think it's okay if Jesus is a little bit angry. If uh, he's not all together because he's getting ready to experience something that no one has ever experienced. Well, Jesus walks into the temple and he's already a little bit on edge. And his heart breaks, but it breaks with a righteous anger. Because he sees abuse, he sees Greed, he sees a mockery of his father's house. So he did something that was not ordinary for him to do. It was out of the ordinary. In his righteous anger, in his sinful anger, he turns over a table. He knocks the table over in anger. Let's check it out. The story goes like this. Jesus entered the temple courts and he drove out all those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those who were selling doves. And then he goes into a mini sermon and he says these words. It is written, my house will be called a house of, what's the next word? Prayer. But you have made it a den of robbers. So what happens here? Jesus turns over some tables, and he does it in anger. He gets ticked at uh, at what he's seen. Now, this is the truth, folks. I wish that he had not turned over these tables. And do you know why? Because some of you turn over tables. And the only thing you're going to remember from this message is, you know what, Jesus got mad and he turned over some tables, so that means I can do that. So for all of those of you that are turnover tablers, see how I made that up? You turnover tablers, what you need to realize is that Jesus was not characterized, though, by his anger. Now, it's true Jesus did get angry, but it wasn't often. In other words, Matthew doesn't go and he doesn't write on. He goes, man, that's the fourth table that he's turned over this week. I mean, he just ticked. I mean, you should have seen when he saw one of the Pharisees that mouthed off at him. All of a sudden, he did some Jesus jujitsu. He's like, hoo And he like took the guy out. No, Jesus is not characterized by his anger. In fact, we need to understand that so that as we go through the teaching this morning, we understand what he's characterized by. And it kind of leads us to our big idea this morning This is your first fill-in, and it's this. Jesus is known for his love, not for his anger. He got angry, but that's what, but he wasn't known for that. 
I mean, if you think about it, the first thing that you think about Jesus isn't, oh, he's righteously angry at everyone. He's kind of this judging person, but he's doing it righteously. Now, when you think of Jesus, you think of someone who was filled with love for the outcast, who reached out to the broken, who empowered the poor, who cared for anyone and everyone and forgave anyone who would come to him. That's right, every single one of you, whatever's going in your world right now, whatever it is in your past that you think is unforgivable, he says, no, 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 I forgive all things because he was known for his love, not for his anger. And yet, it's okay that we get angry sometimes. It's just, let's be angry about the things that God is angry about. And so for the rest of our time, what I want to do is just talk about how we are called to be angry like Jesus was by looking at this story and giving you three things, three things that you can learn from Jesus and how to get angry in a way that honors God. So when Jesus got angry, first of all, here's your first fill in. When he got angry, he was angry over how others were mistreated. When Jesus got angry about something, he was angry about how others were mistreated. Now, let me ask you this morning. uh, Do you think that Jesus was betrayed? Okay, you can shout it out loud. Do you think Jesus was betrayed? Yeah. Do you think that Jesus was ever hated on? Yeah. Do you think that he was ever kind of persecuted unjustly? Yeah. All of these things happen, and he never got angry, though, at what people criticized him for or put him down. Now, when someone hurts you, when someone lies to you, when they gossip about you, when they betray you in some way, it is natural for you and I to get angry. It is natural for us to get upset. The good news is, even though we live in a natural world, we follow a supernatural God. Let me say that again. The good news is, although we live in a natural world, we follow a supernatural God. And what happens is, Jesus asks you and I to do something. Everybody in the balcony, everybody down here, everybody in line, uh, online, he, he asks us to do something that the rest of the world is going to go, that is cry, cry. That is cry, cry. And you know what it is? Forgive. He asks you and I, when other people do something toward us, that we would actually forgive them. In fact, Scripture says this. Forgive one another just as the who? Who is it? The Lord forgave who? You. As He forgave me. He says, you don't have to forgive anybody any more than what I forgave you. Now, I don't know about you, but this guy standing on the stage, I have been forgiven for a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I'm still getting forgiven all the time for a lot of stuff that I do that is wrong. 
So when I find myself angry for weeks or months or years because of what someone said or did to me, if I'm a follower of Christ, if I'm trying to draw closer to Him, at some point I have to ask myself, God, I need you to bring healing to my heart and let the Holy Spirit work in such a way that I can forgive those not any more than what you've forgiven me, but I would forgive them like you've forgiven me. Now in our story, Jesus turns over some tables. And you might wonder, well, why did he do that? Well, money changers were basically people who would uh, change currency. Have you ever been to a foreign country before and you're changing dollars into something else and you kind of wonder, are they sticking it to me? You ever had that thought before? Like, are they going to stick it to me in some way? And so these money changers, that's what they actually did. They would bring foreign currency in on the Passover and they would exchange the money and they were sticking it to some people. And Jesus is not happy about this, but you know what he's really ticked off about? He's really ticked off about this whole idea of doves. Now, the scripture said that they were selling doves. Now, to some of you, it might be like, well, what's that a big deal? Well, doves were the cheapest of all the animal sacrifices. The poorest of the poor would give doves. But the money changers would charge a horrendous price for just two doves. One commentary described it this way. The cost of two doves on the street might cost you four pence. But when you walked in the temple, they would actually sell it for 75 pence. 71 more than what you could get on the outside. Have you ever been to a concert before and they have water on the outside that's cheap and then you go inside and you've got to take out a loan? It's the same kind of thing. And Jesus is so upset. And so the poorest of the poor could not even give a sacrifice. Or if they did, they would have to give up their entire net worth to do so. And when Jesus saw this, he is ticked. He is so mad. He is upset. He's angry. He wasn't angry over what people would say or do to him. He was angry when other people mistreated others, when they mistreated the poor. Here's the second way that Jesus was angry and that uh, Jesus got angry when he got angry. He flipped tables, not people. He flipped tables, he didn't flip people. Some of you, there's somebody here that needs to hear this today. He flipped tables, he didn't flip people. He didn't flip anybody off, he didn't cuss them out, he didn't punch them in some way. But what he did was he said, I see this injustice that's happening. And he turned the tables over to say that this injustice is not a part of my father's house. He disrupted the system of injustice. Now, before you and I get too angry about things that we think are righteous anger, we really need to ask ourselves, is this something that God would get angry about? Or is this something that just gets me mad, gets me angry? Is it something that is righteous or is it just something that I think is righteous? Let me give you an example. Uh, when the pandemic hit, 
there were a lot of people that got angry at me. And there were kind of uh, people that would get extremely angry on two different uh, extremes of the fence. Now, I want you to know that they were righteously angry. They thought they were right. And so they were mad at me. There was one group that would come to me and they would say, Pastor Chris, I cannot believe even after the three months that you are opening the church. I just can't believe that you would be so dangerous to open the church back up. You are putting people at harm. You are being reckless. I can't believe that you were doing that. And they felt to themselves that they were righteously right. Now, there was a whole nother group of people on the other side that they would come to me and they would go, Pastor Chris, I can't believe you ever closed the church. How could you be a man of faith and ever think that you could do that? I just can't imagine that you did. And then when you, we came back, you told us we had to wear masks. And when we wore masks, I mean, what's the next thing you're going to do? Are you going to put a chip in my head? And people on both sides, folks, felt that they were righteously right. Now, the funny thing is, and I'm not going to get into anybody's business up in here today, okay? But some of you may have wanted me to go tell those other people that they are wrong and I am right. Tell those people that they're wrong. And the truth is that both sides felt righteously right. And yet during that time... People would be so angry, so upset. I'm angry, I'm mad, I'm righteously right. And folks, this is what I want you to hear. So many people during that time, in their effort to be right, they forgot to love. Maybe some of you, because of the way another person leans politically or something else, and your desire to be right, you forgot to love. Paul, one of Jesus' closest followers and uh, a guy that wrote over half of the New Testament, he actually wrote some words for us about this when he said these words. He says, and now these three remain. Hope. What's the next one? Faith. And what's the next one? Being right. Is that what it says? Is that what the scripture says? That, that this is what you really should live your life as. And now the three of these. Hope, faith, and being right. No, 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 no. That's not what it says, folks. This is what it says. It says, and now these three remain. Hope, faith, and love. But the greatest of these is what? Is love. It's always been love for Jesus. Always been love. Folks, let's just make sure that when we get angry about something, that we don't let it convert into an unrighteous anger that justifies unloving behavior. Let me say that again. That we, we don't convert to unrighteous anger that justifies unloving behavior because we want to be right. Jesus flipped tables, but Jesus never flipped people. 
Here's the third thing that we notice when Jesus got angry. He loved and healed those who were hurting. After Jesus turned over the tables in the temple, the scripture says this, the blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. He healed them. Now, who were the money changers taking advantage of in the story? Do you guys remember? Who were the money changers taking advantage of? The poor, the marginalized, the people that were on the fringes, the people who had the hardest time to get to the temple, who were hurting big time, were the ones that they were trying to keep out, to keep away. And yet Jesus, as he often does, he gets righteously angry at this and he flips over some tables. But in the midst of flipping over tables, he actually reaches out and he helps some people who are hurting. The scripture says the blind and the lame came to Jesus at the temple. And what did he do? He actually, he healed them. One ministry that we have here in the jar that loves and heals people who are hurting is the community basket. Twice a month, we provide items to people that food stamps can't pay for. Those who are at poverty or below. Those who are the working poor. Those who are homeless. We provide cleaning supplies to help these people so that they can keep their homes clean and healthy. We also provide hygiene items that create health for their bodies so that their bodies are taken care of. And then we provide prayer if they want to. It's up to them so that there can be spiritual healing that comes to them as well. And a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had over 259 people that went through our drive through providing healing and help and love for those who were hurting. Now, One of the things that happens, though, when we do this is we get Main Street bumper to bumper with traffic, and sometimes people aren't very happy about it. And we've heard from some people. Now, a little over a year ago, there was a guy uh, in our church who was a businessman who started coming after a pandemic. And he and his family started coming, and one day he was driving down, and he got stuck in this traffic. And all of a sudden, he got angry. He's like, what is up with this? I just want to get home, and now I've got to be in this traffic. I don't understand. And he found out then what we were doing, and he got stuck uh, at other times too. And, And he's like, some of these people have nicer cars than what I drive. And he started getting like more and more angry at all of this. And then one day he came to church and he found out, oh crap, the community basket sponsored by the jar. (laughs) And so uh, he went and he told me, he said, I went and I started praying to God. Asking God, God, I don't know why I'm having these thoughts of judgment towards the poor or my time. And he said he was convicted. And he said one day when he was praying, he felt like God was telling him, rather than you getting angry about the fact that you don't get home as fast or you have to wait in a line, why don't you get righteously angry at the fact that we live in a community 
in which 259 people waited over an hour just to get five items to care for their needs. And he did. He got convicted. He took a challenge. He started giving some of his money, and he said, that's not enough. I want to reach out and invite some other people to be a part of this. And he got some of his other business associates, and they started giving money. And there were thousands and thousands of dollars that were raised that no one will ever know about, but God knows. And he actually took his anger of inconvenience and having judgment against the poor, and he turned it around into a righteous anger and a godlike anger and said, I want to learn how to love and bring healing to people who are hurting in my community. <clears throat> Folks, you and I are going to get angry. But in our anger, do not sin. And when you get angry, why don't you get angry like Jesus? Let's get angry over other people being mistreated. Let's turn over some tables when there is injustice that we see. And whenever or wherever we go... Instead of having division or wanting to be right and getting angry, let's bring love and healing to people who are hurting in our world. Folks, just imagine what would happen if every single one of us up in the balcony, down here on the main stage, everyone on the stream. What would happen if every single one of us said, I'm going to learn to be angry like Jesus, to turn over table with injustice, but I will not flip people off. I'll flip tables over. You know what I think would happen? I think that it would change every single person here. It would change our families. It would change our community. It would change the world. And there would be people flocking to want to come into a place where people loved each other so much that even when they totally disagree, they would not get angry and go off. They would show the love of God because they do not care what happens to them. They care about those who are mistreated in our world. And so I want to end where I began this morning. What are you angry about? Where you're sitting right now, what has kind of gotten under your skin lately? For those of you that are on the stream, are you angry towards someone in your family? Are you angry towards a coworker, a boss? Who is it in your life or what is it in your life that you're angry about? Because you cannot move forward, folks, if you stay stuck in anger. And today, God wants to turn it around. As Jesus turned over tables, he did it so that his love would be lifted up higher. And as you turn yourself over to him today, he wants to do a new thing in your life to turn you around. So I'm going to invite you right now to stand 
as uh, we close in singing a song about God wanting to turn whatever's in your life that you have anger about to turn it around. God is 
someone in our family a relationship and it's not a righteous anger God it's unrighteous and Lord we we want to see you move in a way in our lives so that we don't become angry and bitter and resentful toward this things that are not of you and so right now if you want your life to be characterized not by anger but by love but you're like, I, I can't hardly do it myself because some people get under my skin or there's this anger that I'm dealing with right now. If that's you, I just want to ask you, if you need help from God today, why don't you just lift up your hand and let me pray for you right now. God, in a world where it's so easy to allow our anger to run rampant, God, teach us how to forgive. And when we get angry, God, help us not to sin, but to turn to you. The one who can turn all things around. As we continue to pray, maybe there are some of you that you don't know where you stand with God right now in this moment. And the reality is, folks, you know what we become? We become an angry cancel culture. When someone we don't like, we don't disagree with, we just cancel them. And there was a time in my life that I had flubbed up and messed up and screwed up so much that I thought that God had canceled me. But I was wrong. Because God doesn't cancel people, folks. God cancels sin. God doesn't cancel you. God cancels sin. And He loves you so much. That he went to a cross and he died on it. He took on all of your sins. And three days later, he rose again. And he said that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, no matter how much they've been angry at me, angry at people, angry at other things, that I will give them new life and I will forgive them of everything. And he wants to do that for you today. And so today, if you're like, I need that. I need Jesus in my life. I want his love. I want his grace. I want his forgiveness. I've drifted away. I have gone so far into anger that I haven't seen the love of God. I need your love, God, in my life. I invite you into a prayer. It's not a prayer that you pray by yourself, but it's one that we pray together. And I invite you to simply repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I give my life to you. Jesus, forgive me. Make me brand new. I believe you died 
and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, follow you, and serve you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.